because when I started this, I didn't even know if I liked hiking. I said, you know what? It's a challenge. I'm going to hike from Georgia to Maine. I don't care if I hate it. I'm going to still do it. And I remember hiking up this mountain saying, you know what? Even if I have to hike through pain, I'm going to finish this Appalachian Trail. This is a Life in Motion audio experience, a podcast about travel, action sports, culture, and more. What's up? And welcome to episode 53 of Life in Motion. I've got Derek Lugo on the line, who is an author, speaker, but most importantly, a fellow adventurer. He's also hiked the Appalachian Trail, which is no small feat. Um, I'm excited to hear kind of what inspired his adventures uh, and maybe even learn a little bit about his aspirations of crossing the Sahara barefoot. <laughs> uh, Derek, but thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for having me, buddy. Of course, of course. So, so let's go ahead and just, you know, set the stage of who you are. You know, what is, what is your background story? Where did it all start? Where'd you grow up? Hobbies, kind of where did you get to where you're at today? Yeah, um, well, it's, it's tricky because I started, I'm from New York City. So all I knew was just the city life. So the outdoors was foreign to me. I didn't learn about that until later in life. And how that happened was, I'm a big reader. I'm a huge reader. And someone handed me a book uh, by Bill Bryson called A Walk in the Woods. I don't know if you've you've read it, um, but it's pretty popular with through hikers. And uh, yeah, it was hilarious. But the one thing that stuck out was this trail that he made sound so hard. So it was, you know, the back of my mind, I thought maybe one day I'll, I'll do the Appalachian Trail. But then again, I am a New York I'm a New Yorker from the city growing up. We don't do these things. You know, we go to like, you know, the, the biggest wilderness we do is Central Park. You know, we go to the <laughs> beach or Yankee, Yankee Stadium, you know, things like that, Coney Island. Um, but anything outside of the city, out, out in the wilderness, I knew nothing about. But reading this book kind of had me thinking, uh, growing up, we didn't really, I grew up pretty poor, so we didn't go traveling a lot. We didn't camp or anything like that. So uh, as I got older, I wanted to experience things that I did when I was younger. Didn't have the opportunity or the money. Uh, but now that I, I could do this, I would start traveling around. I, right before I threw hike the Appalachian Trail, I was living in uh, Europe. I was living in Italy uh, for a while. So when I came back working on another project, um, I had the time because in order for me to move to Europe, I needed to pretty much sell everything I had, sublet my apartment. Uh, so when I came back, I was kind of, my responsibilities weren't many. I didn't have you know, a job, an apartment to pay rent, uh, and I had saved enough money. So that, that little idea of through hiking the AT was still there. And I said, you know what, I have all this time what don't I do? And also living in Europe, I speak Spanish, but Italian is, and it's kind of like it, but it's still a little, little difficult and, and struggling with the language there and coming back to America and like, oh, English, I love it. I want to be around <laughs> Americans, you know? And I said, let me do an adventure here instead of traveling in Europe. Why don't I just like stay here, do something awesome. And that's when the AT popped in my head. And I, again, I've never camped out, never pitched a tent. I've never done anything like that. But when that idea popped in my head, I knew it was the right thing to do. So then the first time I had ever camped out or pitch a tent was when I decided I was going to through hike the Appalachian Trail. And if for your, I don't know if your, your listeners know what a through hike is, but it's when you hike the entire 
2,200 miles of the Appalachian Trail that go from Georgia to Maine in one hiking season or, or one year. And that's pretty much what I decided to do without even knowing if I like <laughs> hiking. <laughs> that's awesome so i want to i want to step back a little bit because it's kind of interesting because yeah. um the the living or moving to europe and that kind of stuff was kind of a curveball you know i didn't I, you know, i'd do a little little website research and that kind of stuff but i didn't see that on your page so what <laughs> what in, what inspired you to i mean because that's a pretty big jump like you said there's a language barrier it sounded like you were there for kind of a significant amount of time what what was yeah. kind of that about yeah so my thing was I wanted to start, I'm a big storyteller. Um, and I'm that guy that can listen to an old dude talk for hours that has all these stories. And I always said, I wanted, when I get old, I want to be that guy that has stories. In order to have stories, I need to have that experience. I'm not having that experience by reading books. You know, that's someone else's experience. So I wanted to travel all over Europe. And then eventually it turned out where I, I started traveling around the U.S. where I hit every major league baseball park. Um, okay. And that way, when I hit that park, I hit that city. So if I went to see Chicago, you know, Chicago Cubs and the White Sox, I was in Chicago experiencing. So I was able to hit all the major favorite? cities in the U.S., because when I was in Europe, people were asking me a lot about the U.S. And all I knew was New York. And Europeans love, they don't, they don't always love Americans, but they do love New Yorkers. Everyone knows New York. I, <laughs> New York is like the capital city of the world. So when they heard I was from New York, you know, that's where, like, they opened up and they wanted to learn more about America. And I said, when it would ask me about a certain state or a city, I didn't really know much. So I had to change that. And I said, you know what, next time I go back to Europe, I'll know these things. I'll, I'll, I've, I would have traveled all over at least majority part of the US. So once I did that, I decided I was in Italy for a wedding. And so I was offered a job because I used to run a, uh, a, lot, a live venue uh, spot in New York City and, and, and bars, sports bars and stuff like that. Yeah. A surf bar as well. And they wanted me to bring some of the American flavor to Europe because in, in, in while well, we're talking about Italy right now, in Italy, they do like, they don't really do cocktails. Cocktails is more of an American thing. You know, you'll get that in some parts of Europe, but they do mostly like beer and wine. So they wanted me to bring some of that flavor uh, to their bar. So I worked at a beach bar for like a couple months. And then I went from there in Italy in, it was in Northern Tuscany. Uh, Pit, uh, Pitra Santa was a small town I lived in and Forte de Marini was the, the, the beach area that I worked at. So I had went to a wedding, family friend offered me a job. I was like, nah, I don't know about this. Uh, Cause I don't speak the language. I don't know, you know, it's, it, it may not work. And I ended up going back to Italy for another project that I was working on. I always say I'm a jack of like, I'm a jack of, what's the saying? Jack of uh, all trades, jack yeah. of all yeah. trades, but master of none, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of like do that thing. Uh, because again, I want to have that experience. So I had went back to Italy, they offered me the job and I said, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to do it. So while in Italy, um, the idea was that I was going to stay there for a few years and just get a feel of their culture. Uh, ended up being shorter than that. It was like a, just about a year uh, because of, I had I was working on a project there where I worked at the beach bar. And then I, have, I come from a family of carpenters. So okay. 
I started building, I turned a barn into a guest house. That's another story. <laughs> but I did that. And then I was, uh, my buddy was working on a film. So he bought a round trip ticket for me to like come back to New York, work on that. And then I can go back to Italy. But then I, that was during a time where I said, you know what, I think I want to stay in the U.S. and kind of get, get back grounded in the, the U.S., America, like English speaking world that I'm, I'm so used to uh, being from New York City, the melting pot of the world. I feel like I get those different cultures, but um, I wanted to really get, I wanted to like go to uh, Georgia. Yeah, I've never been to Georgia, hit the South, yeah. you know, and just travel all the way up. So the opportunity was there. I had sublet my apartment. You know, I, I didn't have any responsibility, so I was able to do this. The Europe trip was something kind of like the AT trip where I wanted to do something that I've never done before, to step out of my comfort zone. I had never, I don't speak Italian, and I'm going to work at this <laughs> bar where they, all they do is speak Italian. Dude, and I remember at one point I was there, everyone's speaking Italian around me, and I'm just standing there like, what in the world am I doing? And then the adventurous part of me was like, dude, you are living the life. And I was like, okay, if you wanna see, okay, let's do it. So I went in there, it was a little struggle, but it ended up being a great experience. And it's all about experience for me. I throw myself in something that, I don't know, sink or swim. I don't know if I'm gonna make it, but I'm gonna try. Yeah, that, that's awesome. Um, and, and, the, and the fact that, that you kind of threw yourself in it that way. Um, I, I've, I've traveled to Europe myself. I've been to Italy some, definitely not the, the, as long as you were, but you know, I know, you know, just being a, a tourist there, you know, having the, the struggles with the language barrier and that kind of stuff. And, you know, it, it's kind of, it's, for me, it's always been kind of refreshing to have that sense of sort of like that vulnerability because you're kind of learning about yourself and, and you're, I don't want to say chaos, but you're, you're in a situation that you can't control at all. So you have to almost be okay with every part of that situation, if that makes sense. Yes, yes, you have to embrace that. Um, and the good thing is that the two major languages in the world, is, and, this, this, and this is coming, I heard this so many times from Europeans, is English and Spanish, and I speak both of them. So luckily, in, while I was in Italy, I was trying to speak Italian, but majority of people know at least a little bit of English. So yeah. I, you know, they were able to help me along. But, you know, if, if it wasn't for that, I'd be in, in, in deep trouble. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Well, so, so you did that, you got back, um, you remembered that book that you were given prior to that about the AT. Mm -hmm. um, never camped before in your life before that. And just kind of, I mean, you're obviously a very, very, uh, set your mind to it and just go for it, which is awesome. So how, so I guess from, from the time that you got back and like, okay, I'm actually going to do this. How long did it take you to kind of prepare and like, what did you do to prepare? So was it like, Hey, you know, two weeks I'm going there or two months or a year? Like, what was it? What was that preparation step? Like, that's a great question. Uh, normally when you threw hike, you prepare, people prepare for, for months. Um, you're going to be out there in the wilderness for at least six months. It takes about four, depending on how fast you want to do it, four to six months. I decided I was going to do it within like a week and a half, two weeks. <laughs> I was on the trail. 
<laughs> I laugh at it now because what was I thinking? But it made it made for a great story. That's all I'm gonna say. And I didn't even think I was going to write about it. Um, but I just at, in my head at the time, I just knew it was the right thing. I was laying in bed and I said, I know exactly what I'm going to do. And you couldn't change my mind. My family thought I was crazy. Uh, my friends were like, dude, you are the most metrosexual black man in New York City. What are you going to be doing out there in the wilderness? How are you going to shower? How are you going to do this? I'm like, mm, I don't know, but I'm going to get it done. And <laughs> no one can change my mind. And I'm glad I was stubborn uh, because it, it ended up working out. I don't recommend that. Um, so the preparation was, I saw a couple videos. I'm the, I, I'm not do that if I see something like a gear or something I like, I always Google, and I don't know if, if a, a lot of people do this, but I always Google um, best, like say if I want like a, a generator or something, like the top generators uh, in the world or something like that. And then I'll get the list of the best, you know, yeah. and then I'll pick from it. So that's how I was. I'm like best gear, best backpack. And then I look at it. I get a look at the list. So when I went to, when I went to the, at the time it was, um, what was Eastern Mountains uh, Sports Store. They don't have many of them anymore. They have like, the REI has taken over. But I walked in and I said, hey, I want to through hike the Appalachian Trail to like the first person I saw at the store. And she turned around and she was like, dude, I don't even work here. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I was like so excited. Found the guy that worked there and he was like, uh, ended up being a, a, a through hiker himself. He did it a few years before. And he pretty much helped me along the way. I had an idea what I wanted. Yeah. But like the first pack I ended up getting was too big because my frame is is smaller. I'm pretty lean because um at the time I was running a lot. And um, so I got something and I had to go back and get something that was a little bit smaller. But for the most part, everything I got, I try to keep it as light as possible. Um, ended up being a little bit heavier than I wanted to because I had a lot of food in there. I, I think because I didn't know much and i didn't prepare as long i think i overdid it with stuff yeah. so i ended up having to get rid of some stuff like my food bag must have been like 10 15 pounds i had two weeks worth of food where i only needed maybe three to four days worth of food so i made a few errors but for the most part everything that i used everything i brought i used throughout my entire through hike so i lucked out that way i don't recommend it uh, but I think my mind was so set. You ever have that time or that moment where you're like, okay, I need to do this. I don't know what I'm doing, but I feel really strong about it. And I just let it happen. And the doors just started opening and I just kept stepping through the, the door and seeing where it took me. And that kind of, that's what happened with this. And because of it, again, I walked into this knowing, not knowing many things, how to pitch a tent, how to hike, didn't know that there wasn't a lot of uh, people of color doing this. I didn't realize it was more of a white activity. Because again, I'm from New York City, melting pot of the world. I don't think yeah. that way. You know? So I walked into this like, you know, whatever, everyone does what I'm about to do. You know? uh, and also didn't think I was going to write about it. I came out of this through hike a different person and it changed the direction I was going with my life. Uh, so the universe said, hey, I'm going to open this door for you. If you step through it, magical things are going to happen for you. A lot of amazing things are going to happen. And 
luckily I listened to, to that and I try to do that to this day. I'm actually, I feel like I'm going through that again right about now because this month is going to be a very busy month month for me and I just feel like it's happening again I'm starting to see it again and who's who knows what'll what'll happen at the end of it but I have a feeling by the end of this year it, I'm gonna again hit that that moment where I'm like wow that was an amazing ride that's that's awesome and that and that's a good way to do it too I mean if, if you have the ability to do it just say just saying yes to things and set your yes. mind to it mm-hmm. that's awesome so so um you get home, you do some research in Google, you hit up the, the outdoor store. Uh, luckily, there's a guy that can already guide you through that. So, so there's a couple of different ways you can go, right? Because you, you can start at Maine or Georgia, right? I guess. Mm-hmm. So, right. so you started to Georgia, obviously you flew down there. So what was that like? I mean, I'm assuming you were just going there kind of, as you mentioned, by yourself. So you didn't really know anybody there. What I guess, what, what time of the year did you start? Right. And then what I, was it like when you first got there? Like, was there a lot of people there, like, at the same time? Or, like, what was that? Great questions. Um, when I had this, this is, when I, this is what I mean when I say the universe has my back and the timing is perfect. I had decided, I think it was the beginning of March, and that's the perfect time to start in the south to go northbound. Because if I would have decided to do it and go uh, southbound, meaning from Maine down to Georgia, I would have to wait until the park was open. So Baxter Park would oh, have yeah. to, would op- normally, that area, that mountain doesn't open until like June. Okay. Uh, I don't know the exact date, it changes every year, but then I would have to wait several months. And I said, nah, I'm not gonna wait. So once I decided I was going to do it, I had, you know, I could have left the next day. Again, I wasn't prepared, but so I went where, during the time that a lot of people, when they plan this, start. So I started a few days before um, spring. Okay. And that's the bubble. That's, that's where you're going to get, like, a lot of people uh, tr- attempting the through hike. The percentage of people, and this was this percentage I got from when I first wrote, wrote my book, um, it, it's 25% of the people that, attempt to through hike the Appalachian Trail, actually finish it. And when I tell you it was crowded, we would hit a campsite and there would be, there would be maybe 40, 40 tents. I would say 40 to 50 tents out there. Wow. Uh, and sometimes tents are touching each other. Uh, and then you go to like the next one. Sometimes it's too crowded where people would just keep hiking on another eight to 10 miles. I wanted to start slow because again, I didn't even know if I, I didn't even know how to hike. So uh, I was like, let me just see what this is about first. He's into it a little wearing, bit. Yeah, I was wearing my pack wrong. You know, it was just, I was, <laughs> I was a little mess. Um, so there was a lot of people. There's a through hiker now that I spoke to. She's going to start in a few days. And that's outside of that bubble because she's starting in the winter. People like to start in the spring because you work with the weather. You go to the south in Georgia, nice and warm in the spring. You move in your, you're moving up. And by the time you get to like, um, I don't know, like New York, you're hitting, you're pretty much in the summer area, like late spring, summer. So you're working with the weather. So then when you finally get to Maine, it's August, September, then you're hitting nice weather. You don't want to be up in Maine when it's like, you know, February, you know, because no. <laughs> yeah, it's, and people do hike in, in the snow and in the cold. 
which um, I'm, when I first started doing, decided to do this, I was like, oh no, I'm not, I know I'm gonna find myself hiking in the rain, uh, in the cold, maybe in the snow, but I'm not, I'm not down with it. I will em embrace it and expect it, um, but I'm not down to like hike in the, in the winter. Now I'm, since I fell in love with hiking, and that's another thing, as soon as I started, I just fell in love with it, that I would, I would hike in, in the winter. It's, some, it's something that I, do, I don't even, doesn't even phase me because um, hiking on the AT, the weather was so up and down, especially when you hit the Smokies. And I don't like the cold. I would wake up in the morning and my fingers were like freezing and it's <laughs> raining. I'm, I'm packing my, my, my backpack, putting my tent away and my fingers and I'm shaking and I'm like, oh, what am I going to do? But the one thing was when I went into this, because I had so much going against me because I didn't have any experience, didn't know what I was doing. I was the only person of color that season. Uh, that the one thing I had to have was I had to stay positive and I ha had to embrace everything that I was walking into, meaning I knew I was going to be in the cold, so accept it and just do it. There was this one hiker I saw the first day, and I swear, I thought he was the, the ambassador of the Appalachian Trail. I thought he was going to have it done in like no time because he was like, he knew everything. He was like, I got this down, blah, blah, blah. It was raining one day, a week later, I see him and I'm embracing everything, you know, like take it in whatever. I know I'm going to pitch my tent in, in the rain, but this is, this is what I signed up for. This dude came up and he was so miserable. His hair was all wet. And I said, Hey, and he goes, mm. he said, he was like, not embracing it. He just gave me a grunt. And I said, Oh man, dude, you know, it is what it is. We are here. We, we live in the dream, you know? And a week later he was off the trail. Oh man. So, and this is the dude that like, if, if, if I had to place a bet, I would say he would have, he would have totally finished it, but it's not just about knowing your gear, knowing the terrain, knowing the area, hiking, having the experience, having, ha having experience is key, but you also have to know that, Hey, when I do this, it's not going to be always sunshine and rainbows. Okay. You're going to be out there where it's going to be super nasty and you got to just go with it. <laughs> that's awesome and that, that totally makes sense you know there's a to do something like that it takes a completely different mindset and a strong mindset too because I mean especially with that first week you know you're getting just hit with bad weather right off the bat yep. or whatever you know that's yep. gonna that can drive a, a person down so that that makes that makes a lot of sense yeah so so you kind of got started um with that and kind of it, I, I would assume as you started going along the trail, kind of, as you mentioned, it started getting a little less crowded from people falling off mm -hmm. um, in that sense. So where, um, what I'm trying to think, what, what are, what are some, first, actually, I got to ask, did you have a, did you have a trail name? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I do. How did that happen? Where, okay. like, I, I, cause I know there's always like supposed to be like funny stories and kind of, you know, the people around you and they kind of give you the name. So let's, let's hear that backstory real yeah. quick. So for, for trail names are awesome because you're doing something, you're out in on the trail living a different life. You're not living your normal everyday life. It's a different life. So obviously, you know, you, you need, you need a, a handle, you need a nickname for being out there and a trail name could be something you did 
the way you look, something you said, your attitude. You know, there's, there's a bunch of different ways to get a trail name. And normally someone will give it to you. There's a few people that give themselves a trail name, but someone will give you a trail name. You don't need to accept the first one that's given to you. Uh, people were trying to give me like New York or Brooklyn because I'm from New York uh, <laughs> or Marley because I have dreadlocks. And this one dude was really pushing it. He was just like, Marley, Marley, he kept calling me Marley. And I was like, no, nah, I'm not doing it because I wanted something. It was too simple. And I wanted something that had a really good story. Not that I have a, you know, dreads, you know, it's yeah. not, no, where's the story in that? So I was hiking. I started by myself, ended up hiking with a, with a, with a group of like 10 to 12. And I named them the moving village because when you pitch the tent, it looked, <laughs> it looked like a village. And then the next day we just, you know, grab our tents, our packs and we off again, we do it again. So we're the moving village. And within a week, everyone in the moving village had a trail name except for me. So they all decided, hey, let's have a powwow tonight. We'll get to know more of Derek and uh, find out if we can give him a trail name. So my thing was, before I got on a trail, I joked around with my friends saying, you know what? I'm going to be the cleanest, you know, because hikers are known to not like shave they grow beards, the, fem uh, the, the male hikers, not the female. Hikers. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, but a lot of times they don't bathe for like a week, sometimes two weeks. Um, and I was like, nah, man, I'm going to stay, I'm going to stay groomed. I'm going to shave at like every stream I see, not every, but like when I need it, um, I'm going to keep, I'm going to stay clean. I would give myself bird baths, whatever the water source was. If there was a stream, I would get like, you know, if it was deep enough, I'd jump in. Uh, if not, I'd use like a camp towel and, you know, give myself a bird bath. I had wipes. So I wanted to stay fresh and clean. I actually brought an outdoor shower where like you <laughs> fill it up with water and then you hang it up on a tree and it had a little nozzle and it like, like a shower of water would come down. I kind of like gave myself. Um, I used it a few times and I got rid of it because I was like, what are you doing, dude? Um, but so I would joke around about like, wishing I had like a full length mirror I can put in my like backpack and just pull it out and like oh there I go you know get my do my hair get my hair did and one of the hikers was like dude you're a Mr. Fabulous and I'm like uh, no, I can't I can't do that also another <laughs> thing that went into it was that not having that experience and kind of hanging with the with the big boys hanging out with like hanging with the the, the people that have been doing it for years and for me to only be on the trail for a week and doing pretty well, people are like, wow, man, this is, this is incredible. You know, you're a Mr. Fabulous. And I said, there's no way, there's no way I can go around calling myself Mr. Fabulous. Cause one of the biggest questions you get when people find out you're a through hiker is what's your trail name? And I can't go around saying, hi there, my name is Mr. Fabulous. You know? <laughs> no, it sounds creepy. And then the, one of the hikers was like, yeah, if you say it like that, man, you can't. Just, 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 just ride it for like a week. I said, okay, I'll try it for a week. So the first few times when people would ask me my trail name, I would go, I would kind of almost apologize. I was like, <laughs> hey, you know, I didn't name myself. Um, it's Mr. Fabulous. And I'm expecting people to go, who are you? Man? Who do you think you are? You know, calling yourself Mr. Fabulous. <laughs> and, but that wasn't the reaction I got. It was more of, people would smile, laugh, want to hear the story. And then when they heard it, they just, it was just something that opened up 
uh, an experience that I did not expect. And for the next week after that, I would use it, but still not being cocky about it, because that could be a name that people could yeah. take the wrong way. And what sealed the deal was one day, I love telling this story because I can't believe it happened. And it's in my book as well. Uh, I was hiking by myself and it was a group of elderly hikers going southbound. I was going north. So I stepped aside, let them go by. They were like wishing me luck, um, congratulating me for getting that far. Uh, and the last hiker was this one. This woman must have been like 150, 200 years old. She was older than the Appalachian Trail. She had like an aide with her and she was hiking with a cane, walking That's pretty slow. Though. Short. Short roads, but she was out there. I was loving it. Short, and, and, and she came up to me. And she looked up, and she said, son, what's your trail name? And I go, ma'am, uh, it's, it's Mr. Fabulous. And without missing the beat, she goes, oh, my gosh, I've been waiting for Mr. Fabulous my entire life. Oh. And, she, and she reaches up, <laughs> gives me a kiss on the cheek, and she kind of like – kind of storms off with like a little pep in her step and like, <laughs> she had an aide helping her the aide was like kind of chasing after her and I was like yeah this is like this is awesome <laughs> so after that I realized that it was more the trail name Mr. Fabulous wasn't just about me it was about my experience and how how people would react to it and it was just about the journey that I was doing um and to this day when I talk to a hiker uh, or anyone that knows about me and they call me Mr. Fabulous, it's okay. The one thing I can't do though, go to New York and have like my close friend call me Mr. Fabulous because they're like, dude, I've known you for years. I'm not calling you Mr. Fabulous. Because <laughs> they don't know that experience. They weren't through hiking with me, you know? But uh, hikers that know me or read my book, it's, it's Mr. Fabulous. And I don't, and it's not me being fabulous again. I want to emphasize that. Uh, for those that um, are just learning about trail names uh, or don't hike and want to, just know that a trail name is something that may define your experience. But also, like, the guy that named me, his trail name was uh, Overdrive. And I know him as Overdrive because when he would go up a mountain, he was just on Overdrive. And he, was, he would always leave everyone behind. I used to hate hiking with him. <laughs> But yeah, everyone, you know, it's, it's just who you, who you become. So uh, yeah, that's my story and I'm gonna stick with it. <laughs> hey, that's awesome. Hey, that's great. I, I love it. And that has some, uh, some good personality along with it as well. So I, I don't take that as a, as a cocky name. So I, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun name. So, so with that, I, I mean, I know you have a lot of stories, like go into the stories in your books and all that stuff, but are there any like quick hit stories? Um, like anything you want to throw out there, you know, as far as, I don't know, maybe any, running with wildlife or weather or uh i mean you've already talked about running into some people like the elderly lady um you know are there are there any kind of stories like that that really stuck out to you that um you know be interesting I, I have i have so many i had a few with some bear encounters um but i'm going to talk about one because it goes into what i'm actually working on right now there's a chapter called magic in my book my book is pretty light and funny, humorous. I wanted it to be like the Bill Bryson book. I knew it wasn't going to be, uh, uh, it, I wanted the style to be, because his book is hilarious and I want it to be hilarious, but the twist was going to be that he was kind of hard on the AT, where, meaning that he just didn't, made it sound like it was like 
the worst thing in the world. Okay. And I wanted it to be, I wanted people to see how much I love the Appalachian Trail because I wanted people that were thinking of through hiking to do it. I don't want them to like, oh, it's a funny read, but man, that, that AT, I don't know about that. <laughs> no. I get messages from people now saying, hey man, because of your book, I want to like, not just through hike, but I want to get out there and do some hiking or I want to step out of my comfort zone and do something that I've never thought I could do before. Because that's what this book is really about. It's about um, doing something that, oh man, I wish I could do it, but never thought you could, but just jumping in there and, and doing it and see what happens. What's the worst thing that can happen? You know, like, oh, I did it and it didn't work out, but you did it. You know, the worst thing is when you get certain age and you're like oh man i wish i would have done that you don't want to you don't want to go through that trust yeah. me so the one story i have is called magic where i found a um a dog or maybe or maybe he found me while through hiking and we ended up hiking together for three days and the experience was it it's one of those chapters that it's the only chapter that when I was writing my book and I would go back and kind of edit and revise and go over it, that chapter always made my eyes well up uh, because I was reliving it again. Um, and to this day, when I read it or even talking about it, I get kind of like, I can, I can feel it uh, because, and I don't want to give away that chapter, but our time together was cut short. And it always stuck. It just stuck in my heart, in my mind. And when people send me messages, the, the two chapters that really get them, they think it's a funny, a funny read, but the ones, the two ch chapters that get them is that one and the end where they didn't want it to end and they're, they're crying. Um, but I'm like, look, I'm there with you. <laughs> I'm crying as well. So story is that I, I, I was hiking by myself for a while because I started by myself, hiked with someone, uh, with a group, and then started hiking by myself. And this dog just came out of nowhere um, and started just, he was a lost dog. And he had a collar, had, it, had a, a number on it. I called um, to see what was going on. Owner didn't seem too concerned that the dog was lost in the woods, in, in the Appalachian Mountains. Yeah, <laughs> okay. right. And I was concerned. so. The dog kept following me everywhere I went, and I just felt like I had a, I needed to take care of the dog walk because how was he going? He's not a wild animal. He wasn't going to go out and hunt. Yeah. So I ended up. Luckily, I had certain foods that he, he can eat. But then we were running pretty low. But he was really good at getting uh, food from like strangers that were doing like day hikes and had extra food and stuff like that because he was so cute. And I told myself. I wouldn't get attached to this dog. So I wasn't going to give him a name. I kept calling him dog and this and that. But after like the first day, of one day, and here's the thing about the Appalachian Trail is one day on the trail could be several weeks in real life. I always say that when you first meet somebody, you need that icebreaker. But when you're on the Appalachian Trail, the icebreaker is the through hike. You're doing that already. So you meet someone, instantly become friends. By the next day, your best friends. After that, your family. You know, so time kind of speeds up when you're through hiking. So the six months that I was on there was like six to ten years. You know, a lot happened. Um, so that time we had was a long time because we would just get up in the morning, six in the morning, and hike all day long till six, seven, 
and then just go to bed. The, the dog would just sleep outside of my tent and kind of guard me. I heard him like growling one time when something got close. And by the end of that, we were so tight that I would call her by name and she would come. Uh, but I, I knew I had to give her back to her owner. Owner ended up picking her up. I don't want to give too much away again, but I am. But it's, it's, it, it's, it goes deeper. So it'd be great if you can read the chapter um, to get a better understanding of it. But it le- again, it left me feeling like I- I'm missing something in life. Now, I couldn't through hike with her. I, I didn't plan or with him. I couldn't plan. I didn't plan a through hike with a dog. I, could, I, I'm, I was barely doing it by, alone. And I was hitting the section of the AT Shenandoah that didn't allow dogs, at least dogs not on a a leash. And she wouldn't hike unless she was loose. Yeah. So I had to give her back. So for years that stuck with me and I recently got a puppy. And now it's different because this dog I had on, on, on the trail, I didn't own this dog and she was pretty much running around, but she was still with me but I didn't have to train her. This puppy, I have to train. And it's a hard process and the connection that we're having, it's different. And yesterday was the first day. We had a a bad day um, a few days ago. And then yesterday was the first day that was nice here in North Carolina because I moved here from New York and that's another story. But the weather was spring-like, so I took her on a trail because I got her to be a a trail dog, to be a hiking dog, my hiking companion. And it changed our relationship instantly. So from that, I want to continue doing that. And there's a few things I want to do where I want to start writing about our experience because it's going to, I can see it just growing. But that one story in the book, it uh, ended up being so impactful in my life that I, I didn't realize until I got this puppy until a few days ago that it was still sat heavy on me. And I, I kind of put a lot on this puppy that I have now because I wanted to replace that emptiness that I had. Um, and now I'm starting to realize that, and I knew she wasn't going to be magic. And cause if I thought she was going to be magic, I would have named her magic. Yeah. Um, but she's a different dog. And sometimes I look at her and she does these things that magic did. And I'm like, Oh man, you get the little pang in my heart. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's one of those stories that in, Sometimes, normally when I tell a story, I just race through it. And this one I have to think about and kind of like hold back a little bit without, you know, kind of getting too, too mushy. But that's, that's one of them. And the reason why I share that because I have other writing projects that I'm working on. And the magic story is going to continue, but in a different way. That's awesome. And I, I, uh, I guess I can't really understand that, but I, I, I think I understand, you know, how that would be, you know, out there in the trail by yourself and then, you know, this dog comes up or whatever. And he chose you or she chose you or whatever for those three days like that. Yeah. That's definitely a connection that makes sense just from my own, you know, house dog that I have. So that's a, that's a cool story. Um, So what, obviously there are a lot of challenging parts of the trail itself. um, But is there anything in particular, as far as like a challenging part that like really maybe you were at like a breaking point or um you know I know I know you're obviously pretty good at trying to embrace everything but was there ever a a, a point like that where it was just like super challenging head over heels compared to you know another section of the trail yeah there there was there was many times that happened along the way 
Um, the first time was I was hiking up Blood Mountain and um, this was like the first few days on the trail and I wasn't wearing my pack correctly. Um, there's a certain way to put your pack on so it sits comfortable on your, your shoulders and on your, your hip so you're not, it's not pulling on your shoulders. And the way I was wearing it was I just had it hanging on my shoulders uh, and it was just pulling really heavy. So one side of my shoulder was, there was sharp pain running from my shoulder up to my neck. And I was hiking up Blood Mountain, which is almost like a wall where it's just pretty steep. And I, and I was taste, it was called Blood Mountain for a, for a reason. I was tasting <laughs> blood, man. I was like hurting. And that time I was thinking to myself, because when I started this, I didn't even know if I liked hiking. I said, you know what? It's a challenge. I'm going to hike from Georgia to Maine. I don't care if I hate it. I'm going to still do it. And I remember hiking up this mountain saying, you know what? Even if I have to hike through pain, I'm going to finish this Appalachian Trail. And I'm glad I fixed that problem with the pack because there's no way I could have finished the entire Appalachian Trail. It would have been too much pain and I would have probably done some serious damage to my shoulder. Um, but I would say learning how to use the gear I had and especially my backpack was the hardest thing for me. And once I figured that out, I went into, um, there was an outfitter at Neil's Gap and they kind of like shake you down where they like go through your pack and see what you need and what you don't need. And the one guy that worked there showed me what I was doing wrong as far as wearing my backpack and also how to hold my trekking poles. Okay. Um, Cause you want to wrap your hand around the, you have like a, like a handle on it. So if like you slip, it'll just hold, it'll just hang off of your wrist, which was something I wasn't doing. If I would have slipped on a mountain or something, I would have been gone, you know? <laughs> um, but that was the challenge. Mountains were really tough for me in the beginning. And then towards the end, you would think I would have learned earlier, but towards the end, I learned to just go into it going, Hey man, this is like, something that you need to overcome but for me hitting a mountain was just I would stop every like 10 minutes just to you know again I, I wasn't a hiker so it took me a while to get my hiking my hiking legs but I would say within a few weeks that got better but just learning how to hike um, some of the terrain uh, like the the Smokies the weather and the terrain the terrain wasn't that bad I did trip up and fall a few times but the weather really got me hard in, in the Smokies. And I, there's a chapter about the Smokies that's a, that I have a love-hate relationship, kind of like an ex-girlfriend that, you know, <laughs> you know, I may still have feelings for her. She's beautiful, but she really hurt me bad, you know. It's kind of <laughs> like what the, the Smokies were. Um, there was a time when I hiked in, the, in, the, in a snowstorm, and all I, I could see is just white. It's like a sheet oh, wow. of white all around me, and I lost the trail. I couldn't see the trail. The wind is blowing. It's still snowing. And if I would have gone a little bit to the right and kept going, I would have gotten lost. Um, and it would have been a really dangerous thing. But something told me, I was, I was frantic. Something told me, dude, relax. Breathe. And I'm, the wind is blowing. It's like I can't hear anything. And this, this voice said, just breathe and take a, a, a big step to the left. And I took a big step to the left and I barely saw like footprints and I started following that. I don't know what it was, wow. if it was the, the trail gods or whatever, but I know, excuse me, I know 
if I would have gone kicked if I would have kept going the way I was going, I would have been, I would have gotten lost and who knows what would have happened. Um, and we were up a mountain that was, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty dangerous. Cause when, when, when I finally got out of it and we went into town that same day, it didn't snow in the town, but it was snowing up that mountain. So that's yeah. how high we were and that's how dangerous it was. So there was times where a handful of times where I was like, I think this might be it. But for the most part, you're talking 2200 miles of the trail you're hiking every day uh for six months i felt pretty safe i'm a new yorker so like i'm used to the like car sounds like horns and alarms and this and that people so when i was out there everything pretty much spooked me <laughs> you know like <laughs> like like squirrels running on dry leaves sounded like a stampede of boars so i'm like <laughs> jumping in, you know in logs with like you know creatures and stuff so to this day, it kind of like, it still gets me. I, I always say that I love hiking. Either I can hike by myself or with people. But when it, want, when it comes to camping, which I love to do as well, I'd rather be with people. I'm not huge on camping alone. I'd rather, be, I'd rather have people around me. So if there's yeah. a bear, you know, I they can run choose them, not me. Else. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that totally makes sense. I, uh, I would prefer to camp with others as well. Um, so, so with that, I guess, um, well, so, so two questions, what was it like, or it's a kind of, as we kind of wrap things up, what, um, what was it like when you finally got to the end of the trail after, you know, not knowing anything about it, kind of having those different challenges that, you know, you just kind of described those different experiences. What was it like when you were finally done with it? And then kind of like sitting back and like, I'm sure, I mean, you're, you're still reflecting on it this day, but I'm sure, you know, there was a, probably a, a good couple weeks or months that you were really, really thinking about it, probably just because that was all you knew for six months or so. But what, what kind of impact did you see it like having on you, like as, it, as you transition back into, you know, what your life is now, if that makes sense? Yes, no, um, 100% does. So with me, it was a little different because I knew the story was going to continue. So halfway through my through hike, people were coming up to me and saying, hey man, we're so glad you're out here. You know, I'm glad you're doing this. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm glad you're doing it too. But not realizing that they were happy that they, there was a person of color out there. Okay. So understanding that, and, and people were just coming up to me and saying it, not being malicious, but just so happy that I was out there. Cause the Appalachian Trail and all these hiking organizations, they really do want to diversify and be inclusive when it comes to the outdoors. Yeah. Um, and I felt that from the jump, even before last year and all the craziness for years. That's how I got my book published. So once I realized that I had a story and people kept saying, dude, you're a writer, you need to write about this. Halfway through it, I decided it was going to, but I wasn't going to change the way I was hiking. I didn't want to create stories just to have a yeah. story. I just wanted to continue going. And luckily the book wrote itself because there was so many things that, that, that happened. So when I finished, I didn't want to go back to New York city because I didn't want to lose that, that feeling I had about, um, and it, and I'm not going to say it's hard to describe because I have to be able to describe it. And I did in my book. But when you come out of this, you have like this serene, no, that's not the word I want to use because it's too simple. You have this, um, this feeling that, let's, let's just say the, the little things that bothered you in the past, 
shouldn't and wouldn't didn't bother me. So when I finished this, I knew I wasn't going to go back to New York. I wanted to start writing. So luckily, a, a, a hiker friend, his parents let me stay at their cabin for three months for free. You know, just like here, start writing because that's that's where authors go to create you know, a masterpiece is a cabin or with teen teenagers go to get murdered. You know, they, they go to cabins, <laughs> you know? Um, so I went, so I was able to take my experience and I relived it because remember I'm writing about this now. I relived it for two years. So I threw hiked the Appalachian Trail physically through hiked it for six months, but was still through hiking it for an extra two years. So the first yeah. draft of my book, which took, I don't know, several months was from my memory because it was fresh. And then after that, I went to my journals and my photos. But going through the, the editing process, the, the revising it, and, and all the things that you have to do to make it clean. And then again, when the publisher picks it up, you have to do it again. I relived it for a long, I say two years, but I, I still think to this day, I'm still living it because, or I know I am, because now it changed since I, had a, I have a voice and people are noticing and I started doing talks right after I got off the trail, I'm reliving it because I'm telling people my story. So I have the book, I do a book tour, I'm doing these talks, I'm reliving it. So to this day, I didn't lose what the AT had to offer. That's the one thing I feared was I'm going to finish this trail and all the gifts it gave me, gave me could be lost because when you live in New York City, She's a, she's a jealous, like, she's a jealous chick. She wants all of your attention. And New York just sucks you back in and you're back doing the same old thing you were doing before. And I didn't want that. I said, no, man. Uh, and it's one of the reasons why I ended up moving this year to North Carolina, uh, because it's a, the area I live in is a hiker town. I'm surrounded by mountains. So I was, I was blessed to still have that um, in me to this day, because now I have this, I feel that I have this responsibility to share my story and hopefully inspire someone to one, you know, step out of their comfort zone, do something out of the ordinary, or just get outside and just go for a hike, you know, go for a, a one mile hike. I'm not telling you to hike the entire Appalachian Trail, but just get out there. And I'm still learning that because yesterday, being here surrounded by the mountains and it's, it was pretty cold and I haven't hiked in a few months, a couple months, getting back out there. I'm like, okay, this is what it's about. I'm reminded that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So for me, it was different. I'm, I'm, I continue this story. I continue the Mr. Fabulous story to this day. And it may change through the years of my, my writings. It'll change it. Like I'm doing a story now about my experience with magic and forming it into something that's happening happening now and i'm eventually going to work on a children's book version of my book the unlikely through hiker so i continue reliving it i know i can't speak for other hikers but i know that's a fear that they have where you get off the trail and what's going to happen afterwards but for the most part that's it's it's just so impactful in your life and you're doing it for so long that it's it's always going to have a little bit of your heart. It's always going to be a little a little. It's going to be part of your life forever. I should say. Yeah, that's awesome. It's cool cool to hear that you're kind of continuing in that journey and reliving that journey. And and the idea of a, a children's book is is awesome too to kind of relive that to the younger crowd. So, 
kind of with that, and you, and you kind of hinted on it a little bit, but what, what is one piece of advice for somebody that wants to, to get out there, like you said, you know, maybe it's just a mile hike or whatnot, but maybe they're timid for, for any reason, experiences or who they are, what they look like or anything like that. What, what would your suggestion be to somebody that really wants to get out there and experience something new? And who knows, maybe they hate it when they get out there, but at least they did it. So I guess at least they're out there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know anyone that would hate walking out into nature. It's just, but if you do, at least you, like you said, you went out there. Um, so I, I don't, I was going to take this a certain way. Now I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to rephrase it. So my advice would be to just, first of all, go out there. If you want to do a through hike, first of all, find out if you, if you like hiking. Okay, don't just go out there and just don't do what I did, okay? And also understand, say you don't even want to through hike, say you just want to do day hikes or whatever. Just understand that you don't need to be an athlete to go out there. Um, there was a saying I heard on the trail when I threw a hike that someone could be training for months, even years to hike, could be hiking every day or whatever to train for the AT and someone just starts hiking the AT the same time they do. And then within a few weeks, they're pretty much at the same level, you know? Um, So, and there's all different types of people on the trail. Um, And there's no judgment. Um, I know there wasn't judgment when I was out there um, and I was hanging out with people that I probably wouldn't have hung out if I didn't, I wasn't on the trail. Just know that when you're out there, nature will embrace you. And the people that are out there will embrace you. Now, if you're doing a day hike, it's a little different. Um, I do day hikes and I notice the difference because I'm big. I'm a big talker. I don't know if you notice. I like to talk, (laughs) especially about the outdoors, but I like to talk to people. It's hard now because of, you know, what we're going through, keeping social distancing and stuff like that. But when I see someone on the trail and they pass me, I, I say hi and they'll say hi, but it's a lot of times I'll, we'll stop and start chatting. I know when I threw a hike, hikers that were hiking with me and they go into camp and they're like, you know, Mr. Fabulous is not in camp yet. And I'm like, yeah, he's probably talking to someone or something. <laughs> so just know that you don't need to be an athlete. There's so all different types of people that do it. Just go out there. There's no one way. I know one fear that I used, uh, that I hear people say is that I don't know where the trail is. Even if I find a location, where's the entrance, you know, and they're afraid to ask where the entrance is. I'm like, you know, just, you'll see it. You know, either you'll see it or just ask someone. Yeah. I know here, I live by, um, I, I live by the uh, Mountain to Sea Trail that goes all the way across um, the uh, North Carolina. And there's trailheads all over the place. And there's times where I pull up and I'm like, okay, where's the, where's the trail? Where does it start? You know, there's, no one's going to judge you because you can't find a trail. No one's going to judge you because, and there's no one, like, you don't, you just walk. There's no one way to hike, you know, just start walking. So just know it's, it's, it's the simplest thing. There's no excuses. Give me an excuse and I have an answer for you. You know, like I, there's, there's, there's no way you, you shouldn't be out there. And again, granted, it's not everyone's um, cup of tea, but I tell you right now, the majority of people that I know, the, the one fear, my family and friends that I know, their fear is like the wilderness, the out, like the, the wildlife, you know? Yeah. And even bears, bears, for the most part, will leave you alone unless you're, you see a grizzly bear and then you pretty much just 
Bye bye. <laughs> just be like, all right, <laughs> I live the life. <laughs> For the most part, it, black bears they they just see you and they just storm off. They're not, you know, they're not gonna they're not gonna harm you. Uh, but in my book, I do have stories that bears were like kind of following me, and and I was like, what what is what is this? Are they my like my spirit animal? Because I just felt like every time they saw me, they just start they were drawn to me. They just kept getting closer and closer. But that's another story. But my, I keep going back to like just understand that um, all types of people go out there to hike, and you never know. It's it could be something that could change your life. That's awesome. So yeah, basically just uh, put put that put that shield down that you kind of create around yourself and just go for it, which which is awesome advice because you, you that's don't what know we do. You're... Yeah, that's what we do as human beings. You know, we we put fear into our minds. Uh, we're like, okay, if I do this, I could get hurt. You know, I could sprain my ankle or as, you know, you, you're afraid of things that haven't even happened yet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just go out there and just experience. And, and another thing I would say, find a group, find a hiking group. There's always every, every area, every town, especially if you live by mountains or you don't even have to live by mountains in New York city. You know, we just trails, you know, it, all over the place that I didn't even know of. There's always organizations, hiking groups that are willing to take people, guide them for a short hike. Yeah. So, so to that extent, where, where can people find um, you online to kind of follow up with you, you know, get some inspiration. And then of, of course, you know, where can they find, um, where can they find your book to, to actually yes. read it all and see what's up? Yes. Yes. So um, I'm on, Instagram and Facebook more on Instagram, but I, I do Facebook cause I have a few pages there for the book and a few other talks. So I focus on that, um, for, to share my story, but I'm on IG. If you want to know, um, the personal me, like who, who I am and, and what I do behind the scenes. Cause I'm doing an audio version of this book. So I'm kind of like going to show people how I go about that. Uh, so on IG on Instagram, it's, uh, at Derek Lugo, D E R. I-C-K-L-U-G-O. And same with uh, Facebook, Derek Lugo. If you want to get a signed copy of my book, The Unlikely Thru-Hiker, you can get it on my website at DerekLugo.com. That's awesome. And uh, I'm sure, and in reading, I haven't read it myself yet, but reading the reviews and stuff, um, and now speaking with you, it seems <laughs> like I'm sure it's, inter it's very entertaining from, you know, the, the cover to back or whatnot. So uh, that's awesome. Uh, so guys, definitely check, check that out. Um, but man, thank you again for being on today's podcast and kind of sharing your story um, of sort of, of uh, your story of just going for it and how you got to where you are today. And I'm, I'm really excited to kind of uh, follow your journey as well and kind of see how it, how it keeps progressing over the years. So I, I appreciate it and I wish you the best of luck. Thank you. And uh, thanks for having me. It was a great talk, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening. And hey, if you've made it this far and like what you've heard, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and let your friends know about life in motion. Until next time.